I remember Carl asked me one time, he's like, what are you going to do if you can't run? And I was like, I'm going to be a cyclist. This was like 10 years ago or something. <laughs> but I feel like I actually got a glimpse of that. Like if I had to give up running, what I would do, because I always, I need that like outside or activity or something in my life. Like, and I feel like with the frustration of like coming back 10 weeks later and my knee being, you know, kind of worse. And then like a year later, still not being able to get out predictably. Um, I had to just be like, well, this is, this is what it is. I'm going to have to deal with it. Like, unfortunately I had that other passion that I was, you know, able to kind of kindle a little bit. Just you and I. <laughs> uh, welcome to Chill Track Friday. This is Anne. Hello, hello. This is Ali. Yeah, live with an audience of one for me and an audience of one for you. <laughs> We're live right at this moment. Yep. We absolutely are. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to our audience. I uh, hope everyone had a good holiday season. And that you were able to dodge Omicron as if you were Neo from the Matrix dodging bullets because it's been pretty bad. Um, but hopefully everyone had a healthy, happy holiday season. How was yours? Mine was great. I mean, I had to kind of go with the flow because of Omicron. I was planning to have one type of 10 days off and I had another. So um, I spent most of the time in Washington, actually. I was going to spend most of my time in New York, but um, yeah, it just kind of felt like close quarters in a way. It's different when you don't live there, like, you know, staying at Stewart's and it's not mm -hmm. your own place. So it's different. Mm -hmm. um, but it was really nice. I went home and we had a nice, small, quiet Christmas and we're all healthy, knock on wood. Speaking of D.C., Virginia, what happened there yesterday? Um, oh, yeah, this was a couple days ago. There was a snowstorm in Washington. I don't know if you read the paper, but there <laughs> there was like a 27-hour backup on 95 south of the city in Virginia, and Senator Tim Kaine was one of the people in that backup. <laughs> and it's not funny. Um, I'm laughing because it's it's crazy that something like that can happen this day and age. I was talking to my mom about it. I'm like, why couldn't they just send emergency vehicles to save people? And she was like, there, the road, like the road was jammed. There was no place to go. Like it's not like mm -hmm. the suburbs where you can drive on the fields or the side of the road. Um, so yeah, it was pretty crazy. They, they got, you know, they were supposed to get just a few inches of snow, and they ended up getting like eight inches. And DC is the kind of city where it's all it's on that rain snow line, so it's hard to predict down there. Mm -hmm. I'm speaking as if I know what I'm talking about because I lived there and I was like super obsessed with the weather as a kid, <laughs> um, particularly about when schools were going to close and the probability of that. So what we learned growing up is that if the storm was coming from the south, if the moisture was coming from the south and the cold air was coming from the north, it would always slam DC. Mm -hmm. And usually, you know, it's kind of a city that's unprepared for that. So um yeah, it was pretty treacherous. I can't imagine being on the side of the road. I said to my mom, I was like, wow, I mean, what if you ran out of gas or, you know, that's where you're getting your heat from if you're sitting there. That's a really, a really, yeah, that's a really, really long time. People, some obviously when it's that kind of a backup, you have kids with you. you yeah. Have, some people have their pets with them and obviously yep. you're stuck in the snow. So mm -hmm. my mom said that what Senator Tim Kaine did was he would turn 
he had just gotten gas actually, but all he had in his coffee was in his coffee. (laughs) (laughs) In his car's coffee tank. Yes. All he had in his car was coffee, Dr. Pepper, and like a tangerine or something. Um, So he obviously was thirsty and hungry. Moral of the story, keep food in your car. But um, so he would turn the heat on as high as he possibly could stand it. And then he would turn the engine off and wait until it would get cold. And then he would do the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of scary to think that that happens in the middle of the city. If you knew for a fact <laughs> that this you're going to be stuck there for hours and hours and you had to get your run in for that day, would you just go on the shoulder and get a few miles in and come back to your car? I don't know because I think it was really blizzard conditions. Like there was no visibility, and I think it was what twenty two. When has that stopped us from doing our runs? Good point. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. I mean, you could just abandon. I I mean, I was wondering why didn't people just abandon their cars? I'm pretty sure some people may have the ones that were somehow knew the area enough to get to a side road. I'm I'm not sure. I'm sure there are all sorts of stories coming out of that. But yeah, um. All in all, sort of actually, jokes aside, kind of a scary situation. Um, yeah. I've been watching this show called Life Below Zero, and it oh, follows yeah. a few people around in Alaska and their substance subsistence lifestyle. So when I read the news and I was like, hmm, someone from there was there, it wouldn't be a problem for them. But you're mm. not from there. <laughs> so no. it's very different. Yeah. Yeah. Especially uh-huh. if you go into your car kind of unprepared, you're just, you know, you're getting one other place. It's not like yeah. you're commuting to work, expecting to be in your car for more than, you know, an hour. Uh, speaking of coffee tanks and cars, <laughs> what's, what's, what's going on with coffee this morning? This well, is really good, by the way. Yeah. I know well, we have a special treat courtesy of Ali. It's the blue mountain coffee, the pea berry blend which is probably the best coffee i've ever had in my entire life and that's it okay yeah wow (laughs) all right um and and to our audience guys we don't we're not sponsored by blue mountain i think this is like the fifth time it's come up so just letting you know we just love it so it's you know unpaid advertisement yeah (laughs) for blue it's just we we really like it so if you want to try good coffee that's a good one it's really good. It's really smooth. It's I, I don't put any sugar in this one, and I usually put like one sugar in my coffee. I have a question. At one point, we confused a couple or we combined names accidentally, and I think it had something. Do you remember what that name was? It, it was something oh. about Bluestone and, and this one. Stone Mountain? I don't know. I know. It was a while ago. I can't believe we've forgotten. Yeah, we have forgotten. Well, the problem is we do that so often. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so you should, If we don't have a running bullet list of things that we create on, on the spot by mixing things up, um, <laughs> you know, we, we won't remember them, uh, remember all of them. Yeah. And we can attribute some of those combinations to auto incorrect <laughs> on the cell phone, like a feel. Like a feel, yeah. Instead of athlete, athlete. Yep. Um, yeah, Abdullah for mistakes. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like your phone change. I I forget like, what it was even for. Where did Abdullah come from? <laughs> I know. Yeah, a short story. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Like Anne was texting me something, and it just changed some word 
to Abdullah the name. And I was like, well, that's racist. Does it know you're texting someone from Pakistan? And that's why it just assumed that it should be Abdullah. So from now on, every time some there's an autocorrect mistake, we say hashtag Abdullah. <laughs> Abdullah is a very common name in, in, in Pakistan, by the way. Yeah. It's a beautiful name. But I remember it did make us think, like, why is why was that the choice correction when I've never typed that word before? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So I am so excited to have our guest on today. She is, I think she's going to be the only person in our podcast history, our long podcast history, um, who's going to be here for the third time. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so we have Megan Foster for you guys again. Um, Megan was with us. She had a solo interview in 2019. Um, and then we had a panel interview with some of her friends um, that we did actually recorded uh, in front of a live audience. That one was live. Um um, at at custom performance, so we're bringing her back on with a with a lot of purpose. Um, we have a very very specific reasons for her to continue telling her story and her journey. Um, f- interesting fact about Megan Foster: when we inter- interviewed her the first time, um, I realized at the end of the interview that I had known Megan and actually worked alongside her for a long long time at City College of New York, uh, not directly, but. I was working in the photography lab and she was the printmaking professor and the printmaking lab was right next to the photography lab. So I got to see her quite often. Um, and we realized that later on, I was like, oh my God, you're Megan Foster from City College. So uh, we have rekindled that friendship since then. Um, a little bit about Megan. Well, her um, running speaks for itself. She's a uh, you know, uh, she's run New York Roadrunners Runner of the Year multiple times. She's got a marathon best of 243.44. Um, and she's an artist and a professor at the Rhode Island um, School of Design. Uh, she's had many solo exhibitions in places like New York, Belgium, France. Fun fact, uh, she credits Steven Spielberg as an early influence on her art. I did not know that. So third time around now. I have, a, I have a fun fact to say about that. So without further ado, there have been some life changes in Megan. She had a very interesting, um, she, you know, we all have sort of injury stories to tell that we have to, you know, overcome and persevere. And um, this is a good one um, along many other things. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to the show, Meg. Thank you. It is great to be back on. You're here, you're on our show for the third time. You're the only guest who's here for the third time, but each time it's been with a lot of purpose. Uh, and this time is no different. Well, I'm um, very flattered. Thank so, you. <laughs> and actually, let's let's start with probably um, the biggest change that's happened since we last spoke to you. And that is uh, an addition of a new runner uh, to your family. <laughs> can you Can you tell yes. us a little bit about her? <laughs> Little Hadley, she is, um, she was seven months on October 26th. So she's, you know, she's standing up where, you know, working on her, her leg muscles to, <laughs> to run. But, you know, being in New York, we're out walking everywhere. So she loves the stroller, fortunately, and, you know, gets super excited when we go in the stroller. So um, I'm happy, you know, that she likes to, you know, go out and run and, 
you know, she, she has a maximum distance around five to six miles where she gets a little cranky in there, but um, it's really sort of great just, you know, to have that kind of, you know, ease of the day if you go out, want to walk, run, but she's amazing and sweet. Speaking of like starting things on the right foot, um, she, 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 I know that she already has a Strava account. She's already styling like amazing. Like there's some photos that have to come on as a, as the announcement of this podcast. And then I know people who live in New York know that the Harlem mirror is closed right now. So we're kind of, you know, putting a pause to all the records she has set on the Harlem mirror. But can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that, you know, that sort of started, um, you know, I'll talk about my knee injury a little bit more <laughs> probably later, but weirdly enough, um, you know, just for PT at the beginning, you know, you're allowed to run for five minutes or three times, you know, five minutes or not even that, like three minutes. Um, and it was just a feat to make it around the mirror myself, <laughs> which um, surprisingly enough, it was kind of funny Like, you know, that's, I would only, I would stay close to home because sometimes I never knew how far I was going to go or how far my knee would allow me to go. Um, and then all of a sudden I got this like local legend email and that I was the local legend of Harlem mirror. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, just because literally I walk and like jog walk to like some laps of the Harlem mirror. Um, and then when I finally could run a little bit more, you know, it was kind of funny. It was like a little pat on the back. Um, and just like silly goals. Like when I first started running again for, you know, 10 minutes at a time. Um, and then I kind of wanted to keep it jokingly like be the legend and and you're really like competing against dog walkers and like <laughs> people that are just doing their daily walk with their dogs i looked at the people on the leaderboard they you know have uh generally it's dog walkers um but so then when i could finally run a little further from home my knee would allow me you know two miles or three miles i thought you know i don't want to give it up but i was like maybe hadley should take it <laughs> so because we just walked so many laps so it was kind of a joke that I started her an account because I thought, well, if I can't have the local legend of Harlem Mirror, I think Hadley should have <laughs> the local legend of, of Harlem Mirror. So um, I sort of started that as sort of a funny little joke for myself, but then also to start her running account, um, you know, I just kind of had one of the just kind of, I, it's just sort of silly sense of humor where I thought it would be funny if uh, on my Strava account, it said Megan ran with Hadley. So when I run, we turn on both accounts so that, you know, we run together. But anyway, yeah, so she, she has a lot of uh, two mile PR recently, which is basically her in the stroller. <laughs> I love that because that's so, that's so typical of us runners, even doesn't matter what the situation is, we'll like think of making a game out of it right um yeah and that that's exactly what this was too like every time like i, I obviously follow hadley so when i first like started i was like oh my god this is awesome <laughs> um and it's nothing to do with speed it's just number of laps of the mirror within 90 days there's no real competitive like edge it doesn't just get out there <laughs> yep exactly yeah i love getting um the strava alerts that i've gotten a like from hadley <laughs> <laughs> that's the best she is <laughs> she watches over all my friends can we rewind for a second where we left off last time um last time we spoke i think that was right before the trials and i know you were dealing with a knee injury you had run 244 at new york right before that um yeah. and this was early 2020 um i think um we can 
we can get to the point where the world was shut down first <laughs> but even even before let's start there like you you were dealing with a knee injury and i know you had you know you were you're going to be at the olympic um trials qualifier can you talk a little bit about that journey and what happened yeah you know just because the the last sort of solid race i had was that 2019 new york city marathon so a little bit just kind of walking around i you know have a little nostalgia and a little bug of like oh you know you, you kind of miss that level of fitness or participation in events like this and um the excitement and and then i think about wow that that wasn't that long ago and then i think about all of the things that happened between that race and like now i'm like that feels i'm like that doesn't feel that long ago that race but then if i think about all the things i feel like wow it's been like 10 years <laughs> so mm-hmm. um you know, I, I joke that like where I'm, where I'm at right now, I keep saying like, you know, I'm actually training for uh, Houston potentially uh, for the marathon. And so I keep, you know, saying two, two knee surgeries and a C-section later uh, that I'm hopefully back at it. But, um, you know, back in that January, it was the first of the, the knee surgeries. And, you know, I, hindsight, I don't have regrets on the decision that was made for that surgery. I, of course, I wanted to go the least aggressive so that there was still a you know, possible opportunity for me to run in the trials. And the goal, like first it was like, yeah, you can still run. Like, you know, and I, Joan Benoit Samuelson had a similar surgery and won the you know Olympics. And I was like, yeah, me too. Um, so, but, you know, days after the surgery, I could tell I could, you know, hardly walk. And then I tried to give it a little more time. I think I was, you know, trying not to limp when I did that uh, podcast with everyone that I was putting on a happy face and pretending it was a lot better than it was just so that, um, you know, I was hoping to, my goal slowly as like the days went on from that surgery, I had like maybe 20 days or something between the surgery and the, the trials. And it went from like, okay, well run your B time. And then I was like, okay, well maybe I was sort of in real, pretty much PR shape. And then I was like, okay, well then maybe I can just finish. And then it was like, well, maybe I can run half. And then it was like, can I get to the starting line? And it sort of just, you know, went downhill pretty fast. Um, and then, you know, I, I ended up having another surgery in June, seeing another knee surgeon. And, and like I said, you know, hindsight, the new surgeon was like, that didn't work. We should never have done that. But, you know, you should have just gone all in with the major surgery. But I, you know, I wasn't ready to make that decision at that point, probably anyway, like, I, you know, we just went in and cleaned it out and tried to fix, um, I basically had a piece of cartilage that chipped off the top of my femur. So they did like a micro fracture to see if it could heal itself and it, it didn't. So then I had, um, at the end of the day, cadaver bone put in my knee, they sort of cored out a little section and then replaced it. The only way to replace cartilage is with bone. So, um, they attached it with, a you know, a new piece of bone, a new piece of cartilage, and it is healed up pretty much, you know, at this point. But so, yeah, that was kind of, you know, and there's a whole pandemic and world in the middle of that and pregnancy and stuff. But yeah. that's the sort of the knee, the knee surgery saga of where I was at when I um, saw you at the last podcast was that first surgery. How are things with your knee now that you're back to running? Um, you know, so it was June 30th or July 1st was a year from the knee surgery. And the surgeon more or less said, you know, it's going to be a year before you can run normal, like not train, but run normal. And, you know, I had mm-hmm. to keep that in my, you know, head. And, you know, sometimes I was a little ahead of the curve. And sometimes, you know, you, you know, you kind of status of where you should be for the, the severity of the injury. Um, 
And, you know, come a year, around a year, it still wasn't really predictable, really. Like I was having better runs, but then sometimes I would gear up to go out for a run and really excited about this mini little workout. And then I would take a run a half mile and I'm like, nope, he doesn't want to do it today. And so mm-hmm. for a long time, it was still not predictable, which was frustrating. Um, but I was still, you know, making, you know, gains in fitness and, and just what I could do with my knee. So I had to sort of face the fact that like, maybe, maybe I wasn't going to be able to get back to where I wanted to be or where I hoped to be. And that was, that was frustrating. But then sometimes I just had to look at it and be like, you know what, I'm happy. I can run, I can go out and I can jog and that I missed. And I want to be able to jog with Hadley and I want to be able to just go out and put my shoes on and run five miles. Like I don't need to be a competitive, you know, marathoner. Of course, I kind of want to end that career my own way, (laughs) which, you know, Mm -hmm. hopefully I will get back to that. And I do start now I'm starting to see that, um, you know, ability again, which is great. But at that, I had to sort of always do kind of like check-ins of like, you know, where I was at. And often it was just like, oh, it's only been a year. Like in only been a year, that's a long time for most people. And if you had told me that on that first surgery that you'd be out a full year, if I, you know, did that in January, 20 days before the trials, I would have been like, no way, you know, <laughs> that would have been too much of a shock. Mm-hmm. Um, but that first surgery didn't work. And I was like limping around and come June, that's when I did the second one. Um, you know, I had to just kind of keep looking at that timeline. I'm like, he said it was going to be a year before you could actually start training. And I feel like even then it was, I had to, I had doubts, but I feel like finally, like I can get out. If I want to run today, I can go for a run today. Like I wouldn't get out there and be like, Ooh, I don't know. It's not great. Like I still keep, I run about five days a week now. Um, which for a while I was running like two to three and cross training a lot. And I could probably run six or seven again, but I just, for now it's good. Like I'm gaining fitness, I'm, you know, getting my speed back and five's good. And I, if I want an extra day, I, um, I might get on the bike or something, but you know, just with Hadley and just juggling all of that, like I kind of just have to like, let it come to me scheduling and where running, I'm still sort of struggling trying to find what works best for my schedule for running. Cause I used to be able to like plan my schedule around running. <laughs> Now my schedule mm-hmm. is like, where does that fit in? So, um, but my knee finally allows me to like, you know, have a little more control over when I want to run for a while. It was like, do I need the alter G or do I need to cross train or something like that? So that's more that hopeful. So, I mean, a, a year is so long and to be patient and um, given, right? Like you're, you're a powerhouse and like what you did at New York running 244. So obviously... I, I think once you kind of like start getting to that level, you know, even like a, a month feels long, then like two months is like really long and three months, you're like, oh my God, a whole season. What are you talking about? So years yeah. on. So what did you do during that time to, you know, I know you have a fighting spirit, so you got to tell us how you like maintained fitness through other ways during that time. Well, and joined a little bit of it, but <laughs> weirdly, you know, I think there are, you know, silver linings to probably most things if you look hard enough. And I think that um, the pandemic, like being stuck inside and um, well, actually it was the first knee surgery and the way I wanted to try to keep fit. And I, I bought a bike trainer for that, that knee surgery. And I thought, well, you know, I'm not going to like spend a fortune on like spin classes. I didn't have a, you know, it was too cold. So I bought this bike trainer and I started just, I had a 90 day used warranty, like, um, thing where I bought it. So I was like, 
all right, I can get through the trials, keep my fitness, and then I'll return it. <laughs> because, you know, I don't really <laughs> want this bike trainer, like I'm just using it as a temporary um, kind of rehabilitation kind of tool. So then um, at the end, I actually really, really enjoyed just riding on the bike. And then I was looking into a little bit about Zwift. And I was just on my own using that as a tool. But then when the pandemic started, um, I was I on it. I was on it, and then I recruited some other friends that we were doing these rides on Saturdays on Swift for like you know an hour. First it was like an hour, and then it was like two hours. And then <laughs> I can talk about the extremes that I went to on Swift for fun, but also annoyed that I was having another knee surgery. Um, and it ended up being a really. I always loved my road bike, but you know it just didn't fit into the running schedule. Like I loved running more, so um, you know, whenever I have an off season, I always try to get out on my road bike. And so I really just found another level of fitness that like, because I wasn't running for so long and I spent so much quality time on the bike that like, I got really excited with um, cycling and, and just found that I actually have, you know, a, a decent sort of, um, you know, skills and ability on the bike, which I never really kind of realized because I don't spend, that's like a recovery tool for me. It's not really like a, like a exercise training competitive way at all for me until, um, until the uh, pandemic slash knee surgery. So, you know, all I did was ride for months and months. Um, and, you know, it was kind of a really fun experience. Like, like I said, during the real peak of the pandemic and everybody was stuck at home and Anne joined on some of the rides and we just had these Saturday, the, uh, the Sunday, we had the Sunday saddles <laughs> where we joined. Um, sometimes there was like about eight or 10 people, but it was a core four or five that, every Sunday morning would log on for everyone usually did a minimum of an hour and some people went for two, three hours. And um, if you don't know the platform, those that are listening, it's, you know, Zwift, which I feel like most people know at this point, but you know, you can set up a, a group ride and you can all stay together regardless of fitness, regardless of ability. If you just keep that bike spinning, you'll stay with the group as long as you keep pedaling. Um, so it's, it's a really fun tool to like, just have a, a group, fun ride and everybody in their living rooms or their you know basements and so i did that for a lot uh, of what you know but, a but year. you you have to tell us what kind of records you set on there um so because i had been gaining a lot of fitness on the bike i thought you know before the second knee surgery i was you know riding in my living room 60 80 miles um, and purely because just like uh, Strava, I like badges and new uniforms that are virtual and mean nothing. So I would, you know, try to get a new course and the new course was 80 miles. So I would like need that badge. So <laughs> I would ride longer and longer. Um, and before my knee surgery, I had hoped to ride a century outside. And um, so to get the cadaver bone, I had to get put on a list and wait for a match um, for my bone. And so I thought I had another month. And then fortunately, it was they found a match. Fortunately, unfortunately, they found a match um, quickly. So I ran out of time of when I had planned to sort of do the sentry ride outside. So I think three nights before the knee surgery, I wrote, or three days before the knee surgery, I wrote a sentry on Zwift in my living room. Um, and I have some cyclist friends and they're like, uh, cyclists don't do that. That's insane. You know, like you go outside and I was like, I don't, you know, I don't have time for that. This is what we're doing. <laughs> I have three days left. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was, you know, a little insane. Like the friends that usually ride with me, um, Carl, my partner, he rode for like an hour of it. And then on another Zwift, um, 
app and then a friend who usually rides lauren perkins a good you know you've had her on too mm-hmm. runner she was in her car talking me talking and cheering um but it was like mile 86 and my, my bike trainer unplugged and i was like oh my god if like if i don't get credit for this after eight i couldn't i could hardly pedal i like quick had to unclip jump off the bike plug the bike machine in and then it still stayed connected but sometimes if and you've read, ridden on it long enough that like if you're in an event and if it has any glitch like that you don't get credit for it and mm-hmm. i like like i hit the wall on the bike like literally i was eating like licorice like i had like three pet like sugary sodas i don't even know what i was like eating pop tarts and i hit like a wall at like mile 95 i couldn't pedal anymore and i'm like i can't get i mean i i made it but i was like i don't get credit for this <laughs> so i'm like laying on my living room floor unfortunately it did give me credit i do have the you know insane indoor century in my living room um but so yeah and then it was funny the um the nurse said something about me looking something about being fit or something. I'm like, girl, I just ran, I just rode a hundred miles in my living room. I'm like, I'm still fit. Let's get this knee surgery over. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, my, my real cyclist friends are like, you're nuts. Like you don't do that. And I was like, but I got a badge <laughs> for nothing. So how long did it take yeah. you to do this century? Um, I think it was around five hours. And what yeah. route did you choose? I chose, um, I was dumb. I actually thought I was trying to get two badges. <laughs> for, for, <laughs> See, the story gets interesting as you keep going. Yeah. So That's there was like a, the story. yeah, it was, I thought if I could actually ride 110 miles, I was like, well, I'll see how I feel at the end. Um, I would have got a badge for this other course, but it was a little more, um, technical so it was one of the loops in london that went up through box hill so i actually it was like a six loop and i had to go up box hill six times which was a little like i probably could have just chose like a 10 mile flat loop and got it done probably a lot quicker but i was trying to get two badges i mean well if you're already at 100 why not do 110 and get you know (laughs) two but (laughs) i did not make it i was like i am not going another 10 miles knowing not knowing if my bike machine unplugged and I won't get any credit I was done (laughs) so yeah that's how I survived you know the pandemic and two knee surgeries (laughs) so well I have to thank you for the introduction to Zwift I had so much fun with you girls and then it I ended up getting injured and used it all last winter so it's great it's really great I'm so I haven't used it in a while because um, Carl, he's also on Zwift a lot. And sometimes it's like, who's taking care of Hadley right now? And it was in the living room and so much baby stuff around that our building got a Peloton. So I always just like go down there cause it's like set up. Um, but wow. we're setting up Zwift in Providence next week. So it'll be my, you know, I've been needing like some cross training or some other tool and it's late, um, in Providence. So I'm bringing my road bike to Providence next week. And so I'll be back on the I've got some new courses to conquer (laughs) that's awesome yeah I think um there was one day I rode with you guys and uh, yeah I just yeah I could see just how fit you were (laughs) like I was not bike fit you know it was the perfect example of specificity of training you know I was like running and you were biking and it was really hard 
I was so impressed. And the, it's, it's, oh. I mean, it's hard. It was really hard. I remember, I think I made it like 40 minutes. And I was like, oh my God. It's, it's a different fitness um, cycling yeah. versus running. And it did take me a while to like get there. But, um, you know, I feel like I have the, the lungs and endurance of a marathoner that definitely um, helped a lot. Like, and I'm, I'm a small runner. So, you know, on the hills, I could just kind of take off and crush people a little bit because I'm a little lighter. Um, so on the, like out in the world, as well as, uh, you know, on Zwift, it works because it's mm -hmm. like you put in your weight and you put in your, you know, all of that. And it is pretty, it correlates, you know, exactly to what it is outside. So it was kind of, you know, Carl would be like, you're like dying in the living room and going nowhere. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I'm climbing this giant hill. Could you give like, yeah. That's so, so funny. It, like, I, sorry. You don't understand the importance of the virtual badge. I'm getting closer to. <laughs> oh, I did a race one night. That was, you know, I had a, a meeting for work and I remember I had like a nice shirt on and I, cause the race started like it was a Rafa race and I had mm -hmm. no business being in that race. This, these were like real, like road racing, like professional women, but I, I was like excited just to like try to race because I had never done anything like that. And I'm afraid, I would be afraid to race out on the roads, I think with people because I'm a little timid around a lot of other bikers, but like I, you know, if there's no one around them, I can attack pretty well on the bike. But so I, I sat in this meeting with my bike totally set up and then I had bike shorts on, but a nice shirt and I'm like, yeah, the meeting. And as soon as I like logged off, I jumped on the bike and someone was like, you got to get out like fast and then stay with it. And it was, I thought it was going to be about a 40 minute race and it was a little over an hour. And I was like out of the saddle, like hammering. And I think I ended up coming in like third or fourth or something, but I, I died on the living room floor for a long time after. So anyway. I was amazed how like competitive you can get with other people. I would go onto a ride just being like, oh, I'm going to go easy. And then I would get competitive with people who I don't know, but you see the names. <laughs> oh yeah. It's and just like being thing... in Central Park. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's just funny. Like the intentions like usually went out the window because I just, it's fun to be competitive. <laughs> yeah. It's, I was just going to say, it's just like being in Central Park where, you know, I think this is more of a male-female kind of dilemma, but it's like if you pass a guy and then they like run and like try mm. to keep up with you or pass you again, but it's similar on the bike. I'm like, you're a little avatar in yeah. the middle of your living room. Leave me alone, you know, <laughs> like, totally. but people will definitely ride your wheel and like draft off you. And I'm like, come on. I'm like, don't make me hammer. I, I'm not in the mood tonight, you know? And then of course, like, you know, like I was, like you just said, Anne, I'm like, you were going to go easy. And then like, you know, <laughs> but it's pretty right. funny you're so like, you know, like how, how some many, stranger uh, avatar yeah, mm -hmm. it's like how many times an easy run turns into an easy progression <laughs> yeah <laughs> <You're> like, oh. <laughs> yep just with avatars <laughs> too <laughs> yep same thing same same concept so speaking of competitive you said that you might be doing houston yes i did sign up um for houston which you know i it's I'm just letting it come to me this one. Like I'm not really putting any goals on the table. Like if I only ever did one more marathon, just to say I closed it down my way, like <laughs> weirdly mm. people and maybe a knee injury did take me out, but I hate that everyone's like, Oh, a knee injury is what killed my running career. And I'm like, no, that's not what killed my, <laughs> you know, if the knee surgeon says mm -hmm. I can get back to a hundred percent, I'm going to try, you know, and if mm -hmm. I can't, 
you know, due to new life circumstances with Hadley and, and just juggling a lot, like I can't, but I'm at least going to give it a little, a little stab for my, for myself to close it down uh, someday my own way. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, and right now, like sometimes I got to, I have to skip two or two days running just cause it was pouring or late in Providence. And I, you know, don't have any cross training tools or, you know, Hadley didn't want to go to bed or, so sometimes, you know, I just have to do what I can do on the day or the week. And, you know, I, I try to get in the workout and I try to get in the long run and then whatever I can get in around it. Sometimes I can get in everything during the week. Sometimes, you know, I'm like, well, I've got four days in this week. I got two easy runs and the two workouts. And so, um, but just trying to like, sometimes even the workouts, like, you know, I didn't, wasn't able to get it in. I got out at 8.30 PM because, you know, Carl was working and Hadley didn't go to sleep and, you know, I'm like doing even a portion of the workout is better than not doing any of the workout. So I've just been kind of, you know, mm-hmm. chipping away at fitness that way. And, you know, I think it's kind of starting to come together and surprise me where I'm like, you know, Annie, who I love, we all love. <laughs> she keeps, mm-hmm. she kept for like, right now, you know, she's tapering and her, her runs didn't match up for like four weeks in a row. She kept being like, run with us, run with us. I'm like, no way. I am not in that fitness. Like, yes, I ran 12 miles, but like, way slower than you, you know, or, um, but then I finally did join her. I had like a mini workout in part of it and it was kind of nice. I was like, Oh, we're chatting and we're cruising at like some pace that I like wouldn't even expect. So I'm starting to like mm-hmm. kind of touch those gears a little or with, and, and touch them with a level of like comfort and not like, you know, dying, but you know, halfway through that workout, I was like, okay, go Annie. I won't survive the rest of the workout <laughs> with you, but I ended up, you know, doing it well and running faster, but you know, I have to sort of just do what I can do, like I was saying, like on the day. Um, so, you know, I don't, I'm, 5Ks hurt like when you're in shape and when you're not in 5K shape, they really hurt. So, you know, Saturday I have <laughs> zero sort of expectations other than like, it was funny, Stephanie is coaching. She's always, you know, coached me and she was sort of so excited. I wanted a little more time off of just meandering through um doing kind of just easy runs and and she kept being like when can I like give you something to do again and I was like after the Olympic trials like she was doing the track trials I'm like I'll, I'll talk to you then and then like she just wrote something that week I'm like oh no 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 I'm in another two weeks you know but so we sort of like jumped in like super easy but last week she gave me like this workout and she put one minute as the rest it was like two miles and then one minute rest and then a mile and I was like did, did you mean a mile I mean <laughs> not sure did we really need a minute rest on that <laughs> i was like because you know i haven't run any of those paces for the two mile or the one mile yet right and then she's like mm-hmm. yeah that's a minute i'm like okay cool just just, just check in there you know <laughs> but i actually you know the workout went really well and i was like i'm glad that you know me my running self a little bit better than i you know would challenge or know my oh. running self right now so it was she was like i just thought it would be good to shock the system a little before the 5k i'm like yeah that was a mental shock physical shock so um <laughs> mental shock. we'll see mission accomplished <laughs> yeah. yeah it was like all across the board there so but yeah it was like That's you great. know i haven't been running low six in a long time and i basically did that and i was like all right like i mean i don't know if i can string and i took two minute break instead of a one minute break on that workout and she's like next time one minute and i was like oh but you know i think it's yeah you know i feel like i can't look at like week by week but i kind of look like a month or six weeks at a time you're like okay Mm -hmm. six weeks ago i was like so far off this but like you know because like i said Mm -hmm. week by week sometimes i'm like just juggling too much or exhausted or 
So I feel like every kind of month to six weeks, I'm like, all right, you know, there's a little jump in the fitness. And so mm-hmm. long tangent to Houston, you know, I'm just kind of letting that come to me wherever it is. Like I wanted to, I'm like, I don't think I'll get a long run in this weekend because I want to cheer and I'm going to run a race. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, starting, it's like 10 weeks or 11 weeks away, but I'm like, whatever, you know, like I'll still mm-hmm. get plenty more long runs. And, and like I said, it's, I'll run wherever I feel like the fitness is at you know, come January 16th and not trying not to put real goals on that. That's so important in a comeback because um, like, again, the level you were running and then like so much happened, double knee surgery, pregnancy, pandemic. So like the idea of just letting it come to you because, you know, like if you kind of put the pressure aside for a second, you just know, right, from your even past experience that it will come to you (laughs) if you just don't like force it upon yourself to like, really, I have to get there. And then you may actually end up doing harm in in terms of like trying to force it. So just let it come to you. And then you're, yeah, anyway, I I just love the concept of everything you described, even in the macro of like, hey, just go bigger. Look at that six weeks to two months at a time instead of just comparing yourself to uh, so that's that's awesome. And I and I and I bet you're enjoying it just like every time that tick happens, like it's really nice. I want to rewind a little bit, go back to where we left off with sort of you, you had the knee surgery and then you were doing the um all the all the cross training and then if you want to talk about this like then came the pregnancy what was that like that period like and then post-pregnancy what was that like that's funny when you you kept emailing me at the time and messaging me like let's go for a run because I was like getting out and jogging a little bit more and you know my knee was semi-predictable I'm like you know like it's not not always that like reliable (laughs) as a you know a run buddy these days and it was my knee as well. But then also like the pregnancy, I was just like, oh, like that, like compound, like with coming back from like, you know, not having run for like a year and then coming back while you're pregnant, like that was like, like if running up a hill on top of a hill, like and never having a downhill. <laughs> so it was, um, you know, kind of rough. Like sometimes I would go out and run a mile and just turn around and come home. And sometimes I would like blame it on my knee, but I'm like, nope, that's just pure. Like that just... <laughs> was my body just didn't want to do it today like and you know um and that's like the, I guess the first trimester a lot of people feel like that and then um I was getting a little more fitness back just general fitness you know post knee um uh surgery and stuff and I was running a lot on which was really helpful I ran a lot um in the late summer early fall I my first run sorry I think it was in like October um of mm-hmm. 2020 so um I did a lot on the alter G. So I was pretty much just running on the alter G and then I, I would run three days a week, two days on the alter G and one day on land. So we would just do, you know, test it out on land and then, but primarily just kind of easing in, but it was really good for the pregnancy too. Cause then it wasn't like, I wasn't pounding my body that way too. Mm-hmm. So I ended up probably running longer. Um, because my knee surgeon, he was actually probably really happy that I was pregnant <laughs> because he's like, thank you. You're not going to ruin your knee because he knew I was going to have to like, you know, ease back in as well as like, you know, mm-hmm. have time off too. So he was actually pretty excited that that was going to save my knee for the long term. Um, so he was sort of concerned that like, if I gained too much weight, then that would, you know, add too much stress to my knee as well. And I did hit a point where I was like, you know, it started to hurt again and I was slacking off a little on PT and, 
um, just because I was all of a sudden allowed to run more and do other things. And you're like, mm -hmm. I don't have, you know, I was doing a ton of PT when I wasn't allowed to do anything else. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and then of course, like, you know, 10 days after getting back into a PT routine, my knee kind of pulled itself back together a bit. But I really, um, I only ran. That's why I think, Ali, every time you were like, hey, you want to go for a run? I'm like, I run outside mm -hmm. on Sundays because I was doing the two days a week on the Alter-G. And then I was really just mm -hmm. going outside on land one day a week for a long time. Um, and then um, around, I think, 30 weeks, I just decided to stop running altogether. Like, I wasn't told I couldn't run anymore, but, you know, my knee, it was, like, getting, you know, too much. And then just sort of, you know, I felt like that was kind of enough stress. And I was, because um, I was sort of done there. And I felt like, okay, if I... I anticipated obviously like at least another seven or eight weeks of being pregnant and Hadley was born at 34 weeks. Um, but I was like, okay, well then maybe this will just totally fix my knee. Like another, like, you know, a really good break after like, you know, stressing it a little, teaching it how to run again. And then I was like, you know, this break will really just hit the reset on my knee um, or give it the break that it needed. And then obviously Hadley came early. So I ended up having 10 weeks off of no running um, until I started running again after Hadley. And it was, you know, I was so excited to go out and run. I was like cleared to run and my knee was like worse than it was before. I was mm. like, you've got to be kidding me. Like another 10 weeks just didn't help. Um, and it was almost like, you know, I was 10, 10 weeks behind on PT, but it did come around quickly, but uh, which, oops, did we get a little jumpy there? Uh, you're good. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. Um, you're back. Okay. So yeah, so that was a little disappointing, like after taking 10 weeks off. So then when I started back um, after Hadley, it was like, this is when I started around the mirror again. And that's when the whole like, you know, local mm -hmm. legend. And I remember I was like, just running like, you know, 30, like, uh, or 30 minutes. And it was like five or two minutes off, three minutes on or something like that for 30 minutes. And this guy was like, you know, you're killing it. And I was like, nope, but yep, yeah, thanks. You know, and then I think that was the run that it was like local legend. And I'm like, all right, you know, <laughs> Strava and my local, you know, neighborhood, like helped me get out of a rut. But because I was pretty, I was pretty disappointed and down that my knee was pretty much kind of almost worse, like after that time period. Um, so, and then again, I started, I ended up getting back into it, like I said, by the June, July, that's when it started to somehow somewhat become more predictable that I could run on it. So um, mm -hmm. the combination of when you would ask me to go for a run, I'm like, I don't know, will my knee work, my body work? <laughs> so finally, everything is kind of coming together and working together again. It was it was great when we did finally get to do the five mile loop. Um, yeah. I remember I was like showing up, you were there before me and you I, I saw you doing PT. I'm like, oh, I, I saw you doing like the leg raises, the I was like, oh she is doing what the PT has told her right before the run, you know, as a runner, you can spot that very easily. But you, you shared some really funny stories from uh, when, you know, towards the later end of the pregnancy, when you were at the hospital and they like, wouldn't let you get up out of the wheelchair and you're like, Nope, I, can you share that? I don't want to tell it for you. Cause yeah. I, I just laugh at that so much. When you tell me. <laughs> oh yeah. That was, I was held, I, I say held hostage, but you know, for the, for the good of Hadley, um, I pretty much went in for a routine scan on a Thursday night and then they were like, okay, we, we're going to have you stay here through the, the monitor you through the weekend and then decide what we're going to do on Monday. And I was like, oh, all right. Uh, okay. Can I go home and like get some stuff? And they said, 
you know, sure, but you have to come back by eight or something like that. This is at like four o'clock in the afternoon. And then she said, I said, so I'll, I'll just go home on Monday. It's just for three days. And then she's like, no, you're here until Hadley's delivered. And this was at like 32 weeks. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> we were talking about delivering at like 36 weeks or something, 37 weeks. So she's like, you're here for an undetermined amount of time. We'll discuss it on Monday. And I'm like, wait, I know. And then she's like, no, this is what you're doing. And I'm like, all right. Uh, but so when I was in there, I was, I, due to the pandemic, I wasn't allowed out of my room. Um, people weren't allowed to visit and it was pretty uh, locked down. The nursing, the nursing staff and everybody was amazing. And, um, you know, made, we made do of a, a, you know, bad situation and, and, um, you know, I ended up, I was supposed to be on maternity leave one more week later and I ended up like zooming. Nobody even knows until they maybe listen to this, but I was actually zooming my last classes from the hospital. I'm like, bring me a work shirt, Carl. I'm like, I'm just bored. I'm like, I wasn't on bed rest. I was just stuck there. Um, but mm -hmm. so anytime I had to go for a scan or go to get anything done, they wouldn't let me walk out of the room. Like I had to be in a wheelchair and I'm like, oh, I, can't, I can't, like, it's killing me. Like, it's like, down the hall and take a right like there's we're not going anywhere but i had to like wait and have an escort with a wheelchair everywhere which um it was funny my doctor would just laugh at me when she'd see me in the hall and i'm like <laughs> i can't take this anymore like and i i tried so hard to like get permission to go outside because i was at mount sinai east which I pretty much looked at Central Park, like from the window in some of the rooms. And I'm like, can I just like go outside and have a tea or muffin or something? And they're like, nope. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> so they all knew I was, you know, getting a little, um, you know, claustrophobic slash, you know, everything. But, but anyway, like I said, it was all for the best. They wanted to sort of be monitoring Hadley. Um, at the end, she just, they didn't know why she just kind of stopped growing the last few weeks. So they wanted to monitor her every six hours until they decided when to deliver. So, but yeah, so, but it was, it was funny. I, I, I'm not the type, I can't sit around in like, like pajamas or, you know, hospital mm -hmm. gown for too long. So I just brought a bunch of like sports clothes and like sat around and like running gear probably. And the lady's like, <laughs> you look like you're about to like go out and run a mile. And I'm like, I would, would if you'd let me out the door. <laughs> like, so when Monday came, what happened? <laughs> they agreed that on 34 weeks. So basically that was like 32 and a half weeks. So they agreed on the exact 34, which was like the fall, not that Friday, the Friday after um, they would deliver. So I was there for um, just over like two weeks and then we delivered. And then I was there for like three more nights. Um, and then Hadley was in the NICU for two weeks. So they had estimated that she would be there for, you know, they were like till she would have been 40 weeks. They were saying like six to eight weeks, um, even mm -hmm. over 40 weeks. But then after two weeks, um, they let her go. So it was great. She was, she didn't need any support and she came out, they kind of anticipated for a while that she would have been delivered early. So they, um, gave me her like steroids to just sort of make her lungs and all of that sort of grow, um, a little faster. So, you know, she's uh, probably a super runner someday based on her <laughs> early uh -huh. doping. She's Don't like, tell listen, me. <laughs> I, I like to show up to the race early, you know, 34 yeah. weeks is not a big deal. And two <laughs> weeks is enough. You know, put me on the start line. I'm ready. I got yep. this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, everyone was sort of amazed. They kind of watched her really closely for like four hours and they, she didn't need any, 
you know, oxygen or any sort of respiratory support. And, um, and then she just kind of needed to grow a little longer and, and learn to sort of eat. And then other than that, she, you know, they, I think, I can't remember what the weight limit was that they, she had to be at least X amount of pounds to go home, but they ended up letting her go. I went home on a Saturday just to like shower and do, I was, I, I went probably two, three times a day and um, for her feedings and, and hung out most of the day there. And I went home to take a shower and the, the nurse called and like, you should bring, and I had anticipated, you know, at least another week to two weeks. They had already shortened it to like a month. And they're like, you need to bring back your car seat. I think you're getting to go mm. home this weekend. And I was like, wait, oh. what? I was like, the room's a dump. We've done nothing. <laughs> Can she stay a little longer? <laughs> we're like, we're not quite ready. <laughs> so we had to like kind of cram. We had anticipated at least another week, but um, mm -hmm. so it was great. She came home like, and she was maybe barely four pounds. Yeah, I remember yeah, the photos. She, she was tiny. Yeah, she was two and a half pounds when she was born. Wow. Did the doctors, did they know, like, why? Was there just not enough room for her to grow? Yeah, you know, probably I have some, like, weird uterine anomalies that they, they kind of anticipated that she might, her growth might get restricted. So I mm -hmm. ended up getting growth scans, like, every two weeks for a long time. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so then at a certain point, like her, she just sort of started dropping in percentage where, so she, and then right. just stopped growing altogether. So mm -hmm. then they were like, she's going to grow faster on the outside. So right, they kind of preemptively gave her the steroids to make sure she was, you know, breathe. they can like the technology, like you can see them breathing, like they can start to see that they're, you know, using their own lungs as opposed to, you know, mm -hmm. not. So they kind of like looked for that kind of stuff and then they were like, all right next Friday, you know? <laughs> so that's amazing. Yeah. And then what were the first few days at home? Like, um, you know, the first she didn't, she's never been a huge crier. She's a really like great baby. You know, she cries for the basic things like tired and hungry and stuff, but you know, pretty, pretty chill, um, for the most part. But the first night I remember she cried <laughs> quite a bit, like, you know, and the nurses were like, you know, she's used to all this sound from all the machines and just people being around like all night, like people up. And they were like, you know, turn on a sound machine or just know that like, you know, she might just find that too quiet. And so she cried a lot. And I remember Carl being like, I didn't think she cried, you know, <laughs> so and she kind of and we we're like, no, she did. But then after the first night, she was, you know, pretty, pretty relaxed and, you know we had to sort of stay on a three, four, um, just with her eating. Like, even if she slept, I had to like feed her every three to four hours anyway. So I had to wake her up. We were on the schedule for a while until mm -hmm. she gained, um, enough weight. And then we could let her, I think, I forget what week it was that, but when she was finally maybe two months, we could let her sleep and we could sleep a little longer than <laughs> three to four hour windows. Um, but she just rolled over. I, we didn't get, yeah, we didn't get a, um her weight today but when she went last month she was less than one percentile still <laughs> for her weight and her height but she rolled over to the one percentile now so she's i don't know what she is today <laughs> but i feel like she's probably like you know probably in the single digits moving up so. that's awesome she's a yeah, fighter she's that good. one i love looking at all of her pictures and she's just you know Anyway, thanks for sharing because it's just, it's lovely. It, yeah. it puts a smile on Thank my face you. every single time. <laughs> I think she has a good yeah. little sense of humor so far. You can kind of tell. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, she's puts up lively. with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gets it from you, I think. Yeah, She's very cute. <laughs> so Megan, so much happened from everything that we discussed, right? With the double, again, yeah. double knee surgery, pregnancy, pandemic 
and then now you're going back to you know training for Houston, letting it come as it go, or you know letting it come to you as it as as it does. Um, what's your takeaway from all of that? Um, or if you were to, you know, provide a takeaway for other for our listeners. Um, you know, I I think for me, like I kind of had to give up a little bit like and I and I do believe like I probably if the pandemic wasn't there and like everybody was racing and doing all these of uh, you know amazing events I probably would have like maybe been more depressed and had severe FOMO but there wasn't anything to do either so I there was like less of that to probably um you know to feel bad about and then also you know if I didn't have the bike and Zwift I feel like I probably would have spiraled down as well um so but having like the the bike and like really learning to love another sport in a different way like that allowed me to kind of not that I ever want to like give up being a runner but I was able to sort of be like and I remember Carl asked me one time he's like what are you gonna do if you can't run and I was like I'm gonna be a cyclist this was like 10 years ago or something <laughs> but I feel like I actually got a glimpse of that like if I had to give up running mm. what I would do because I always I need that like outside or activity or something in my life like and I feel like with the frustration of like coming back 10 weeks later and my knee being, you know, kind of worse. And then like a year later, still not being able to get out predictably. Um, I had to just be like, well, this is, this is what it is. I'm going to have to deal with it. Like, and fortunately I had that other passion that I was, you know, able to kind of kindle a little bit during, um, you know, the pandemic. And, and so I feel like maybe that all allowed me to just kind of have that attitude because I found something else that I, you know, or committed to something and really found the passion for it that um, I could sort of say that, but maybe I wouldn't have been able to if I didn't have, you know, the pandemic or the knee surgeries to like really, I guess the try, I mean, all of it from like just buying this bike trainer on a whim, like, you know, I feel mm -hmm. like, yeah. So I think being able to let go and then just, take now I don't take for granted any of it like you know when I have these runs that I'm like are great I'm like you know grateful that I got it done like some days like you know I, I love Stephanie I feel like she really keeps it in like she gets like I'll you know I'll tell her I'm like you know the knee doesn't do this or does this and it looks like from outsiders people think that progress was pretty steady but it wasn't like I would just get going again and feel like my knee was good and then I pulled something in my hip <laughs> I couldn't walk for like a week and then I was like just get going again and then I pulled something in my calf and I was like wow this is probably from not running for you know a year or something and then I just every time I'm like I give up you know like I would like I would get really frustrated and annoyed and I'm like I you know I'm not gonna if this is what's gonna be like all the time of another but I do feel like now after consistently running all summer and like early fall like I think all those niggles are starting to work out and my body's getting back in the routine. And um, so, you know, I can finally start to think, you know, it, it will work again and it's, you know, patience, mm -hmm. but I think I had to just be like, okay, if I can only go out and do those, you know, easy 20, 30, 40 minutes on the weekend and that's, or, you know, a couple times a week, then I'm happy to do that. But of course I wanted more. <laughs> so, of course. Yeah. But, yeah. but I love the idea that's, you know, there was like a forced, shutdown or forced closing of a door for let's say the cycling door to open right yeah. uh, it was it was one of those situations which in um, kind of important lesson in life sometimes like yeah. um 
and of course it takes a certain personality too right like you mentioned it earlier like i you try to see the silver lining or try to find the silver lining if you look hard enough you said and i really like that concept so yeah yeah you have such a great attitude i mean it's why you're such a good athlete you know it's like that staying power and kind of adjusting in the moment and i feel like you know the more the more we're able to bend to the things that are happening the not i wouldn't say easier but you've had to do that and you're living it and you're such a powerful example of that cuz it would be easy to just kind of close the door or be angry or you know there's i i just admire your your process i think it's really well, thank um, you. it's just admirable yeah i you know jokingly like like sometimes where i'm frustrated like i like i said earlier like i'm still struggling where I my schedule where running fits in consistently like it's just all over the place sometimes I'm like it's the middle of the afternoon sometimes it's like it's nine o'clock at night sometimes this morning I ran at seven because I knew the rest of the day was you know a little jumping around and I wouldn't have I would have Hadley and but you know I remember when I came back and my knee was like that much worse after Hadley and I was just like exhausted and I was like yeah I can see this is when people give up when they have kids you <laughs> know <laughs> and then I like laugh at myself. I'm like, I'm not really going to give up. But like, you're like, yeah, I can see this one would where you would take a left instead of a right here at mm -hmm. the, you know, yeah. fork in the road. Um, but I mean, maybe I'm just kind of, you know, that kind of stubborn competitive person too, where, like I said a while ago that, you know, I kind of want to end it if I was to end my running, like my own kind of way and not mm -hmm. like in some sort of cliche stereotypical, you know, way that, mm -hmm. you know, as many times as you hear people be like, yeah, I had kids and I gave up, but you also see so many amazing women that had kids and they're running amazing times. And I'm like, I want mm -hmm. that story still, if I can. Mm -hmm. um, totally. so. I'm super confident you will write that. You will continue to write that story. I'll see you break tape again many, many yeah. times. <laughs> Let's hope yeah. someday. Yeah. You know, I got to go out, leave Manhattan for that now, though, I think. <laughs> <laughs> do the small ones <laughs> yeah just like the harlem mirror legend right you, you yeah. gotta go be a yeah. legend somewhere else and then you can and start you yeah, find a little small race in providence but now you got like molly huddle and all of those people around you. Oh, yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> i've got some good local competition in providence <laughs> isn't that funny yeah <laughs> megan thank you so much for giving us so much of your time because I'm counting the other two in this as well. So it's like more than anybody yeah. has given us. So thank you so much. Thank well, you so thank much. You. And good luck well, at the again. dash. And I'm flattered again to be, you know, on as well. And Don't worry. We'll, you know, we'll, we're probably going to find another group panel where we're going to insert you and say, hey, <laughs> Megan's <awesome. perfect." laughs> Well, and I hope to run with uh, or even virtually cycle with uh, both of you sometime in the near future. So. Yeah, I would love it. It's that time of year. <laughs> yep, I know. I'm yeah, firing it back yeah. up next week. So I brought the trainer like every week. Like we, we have to leave really early. So I end up like not being able to put the bike on the car because we like got up too late and didn't have this or that. Mm -hmm. So now the trainer's there. My shoes are there. My shorts are there. And now the bike's just missing. <laughs> so each week we throw <laughs> another thing in the You're car. Like... One little piece of the puzzle keeps making it there. We'll like probably it. like be missing something next week to like not do it. Mm -hmm. But but that's the goal because I, you know, I'll be set up there for a while in Providence half the week. So. All right. I'll, well, I'll probably look for you on Saturday. So I'll yes, see you there. Yes, I will probably look like I'm dying, but 
<laughs> I'll try to put on a happy face. <laughs> I'm gonna be way behind you, but I'll I'll try to find you before the race starts. All right, I'll look for you, you in the morning. You, you will be done and with Hadley at home by the time I finish this. Okay. No, no, we'll be <laughs> loitering around the finish line, hanging out. We'll look for everybody. All right, cool. All That's right, fun one. Have a good night. Thank you. Thanks, Megan. Bye, Megan. Bye. Yep. Yeah.